Election College, episode number 58, The Election of 1956, or is it a rematch of 1952? Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks, but did it always? It's time for Election College, and class is in session. Now, your hosts, Jason Goff and Ben Smith. Hey, Jason, uh, it's always nice whenever things stay the same, right? We don't like change terribly much. Of course, change is horrible. Yeah, ugh, gross. So why don't we, um, why don't we just pretend like it's 1952 again and we can have another election with the same people? That sounds amazing. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess that's pretty much it. That's the whole episode. Yeah. Uh, we'll see you next time. Good show. <laughs> well, yeah. in all seriousness, uh, we have Dwight Eisenhower, Ike, as you know, we like to call it. We came up with that name for him, Ike. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's Good super job, popular. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, he's super popular. And then we've also got... Another guy named Adley Stevenson. You yeah. may have heard of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's um, he's back for another shot at this whole thing. Yeah. So, did I jump ahead too far? Maybe maybe we should give a little bit of background for people. Yeah. Okay. So Eisenhower, popular, and believe it or not, there was speculation in early 1956 that he would not run for a second term because he's got some health issues. So. In 1955, he has a serious heart attack, and in 1956, he undergoes surgery because he's got some inflammation going on in his small intestine. Ouch. Yeah, that's not a great thing. And uh, he he gets pretty quickly recovered from both of those things, and his doctors are like, okay, now how would you like to be these doctors? They give him the all clear. (laughs) They give him the all clear (laughs) to run for president. And so Ike decides, okay, doctors said it was cool. I'll run for a second term. And so really, because Eisenhower is so popular, uh, especially amongst his party, he goes to the Republican National Convention, or actually he probably doesn't even go, and uh, they just renominate him. No opposition. Nobody bothers to run against him. But there's a little bit of a question about Nixon. Yeah, because, I mean, it's Richard Nixon. <laughs> So, uh, you know, Eisenhower was very much a centrist. He appealed to a wide gamut of the population, much less his own party. So Nixon was seen as pretty controversial because he's like, you know, he's like Rocky. He's like beating up everybody in his path. He's very conservative. And it is rumored that Governor Christian Herter from Massachusetts uh, could become the candidate for the vice president. So Eisenhower, he uh, he knows that maybe Nixon isn't so popular. And by knows, maybe, I mean, definitely. Uh, and he actually offers him privately, doesn't tell too many people, maybe Nixon, maybe you'd like to be the secretary of defense or something, you know, like when you try to trick a little kid into to answering the way you want them to answer. Like, you don't really want to be vice president. That's a boring job. You should be secretary of defense. Uh, so, um, yeah, Stassen, 
Harold Stassen, you remember him? Yeah. He actually publicly opposes Nixon and says, no, he's not going to be renominated. He shouldn't be renominated. Uh, but Nixon just is like really super popular with all the Republican voters. Yeah. The thing about Nixon is, is that he really reshapes the vice presidency because he's using it as a platform to com- to campaign for the Republicans. So if you're a Republican and you're running for a uh, local office, if you're running for a state office, if you're running for po- um, the office of the federal government, like a, a Senate seat or a congressional seat, he's going to come and he's going to cheer for you and endorse you and do what we would expect a vice president to do today. And that was a pretty novel thing. So pretty much, I mean, you end up having uh, a renomination of the same same two guys, uh, which is pretty typical, except in this instance where it was kind of like uh, Nixon, yes or no. But <laughs> somebody at the, um, and they probably know who, but I don't know who, somebody at the convention, the RNC, kind of s- decided they didn't want there to be a unanimous vote for vice president. And they voted for some random guy that didn't exist named Joe Smith, just so there wasn't a unanimous vote for <laughs> nice. Nixon to be vice president. So um, just a little bit of that kind of, I know he's going to win, so I'm just going to put a little burr in his saddle kind of thing. All right. Yeah, that's, that's always a good tactic. Mm-hmm. So on the Democratic side, you got Adelaide Stevenson. You remember him? I do. Yeah. So, yeah, because we just talked about him about five minutes ago. <laughs> So he is fighting really for the nomination again. He goes against Estes Kefalver again. And Kefalver actually pulls off a win in the New Hampshire primary, uh, running unopposed. And he defeats Stevenson in the Minnesota primary. So Stevenson is like, hmm, what should we do? Or what should I do? And so they decide to debate. Yeah, and they actually end up having the first televised presidential debate in uh, 1956, and this happens right before the Florida primary. And then Stevenson carries Florida. He get, get, beats him by about 4%. And then up next is the California primary, or I say up next. I don't think it was actually up next, but it was soon after. And by the time the California primary had rolled around, Kefauver is basically just out of money. And he can't compete with Stevenson, who has a lot of money. And Stevenson destroys him by like almost 30%. And Kefauver just gives up after that. (laughs) So by the time they get to the convention, which they're like, hey, we had such a great time in Chicago four years before. Let's go back. Uh, Harry Truman, you remember him? Uh Uh-huh. He's like, you know what? I really like that governor of New York. Harriman, he's like, I'm going to pull my support behind him. And Stevenson is like, dude, wait, <laughs> I've got the delegates. <laughs> so he wins the first ballot. So it, it, it's pretty overwhelming that Stevenson is the man. Right. So Stevenson wins the vote. He wins the nomination. And uh, then it comes down to the vice presidential nomination. And this one kind of might throw you for a little bit. Yeah, it's exciting. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> uh, the convention delegates are given the power to nominate the vice president, which in this 
day and age, that would be pretty unheard of because usually it's like, yay, candidate, you won. Now who are you going to select as your VP? But the delegates decide, and this sets off quite the scramble. Yeah, they only have one day to campaign uh, the people who want to run before the voting begins. And you've got, um, well, you know, Kefauver, who, why not? He's already out there and got some support from his primary days. And then you've got a young senator from Massachusetts named John F. Kennedy. And he's pretty unknown, but charismatic, to say the least. And so Stevenson actually likes Kennedy a bit better, but um, because he made the statement that he was going to let the convention nominate his his vice president, he doesn't really try to influence anybody in any way. Yeah, so it turns out that Kennedy's pretty popular, but the Democrats, they're pretty much wanting to go with somebody who's more established. So Kefauver pulls it off, and it's looking good for the Democrats, considering that you have an amazingly popular incumbent on the other side. Yeah, yeah, amazingly popular. So Stevenson knows, like, Eisenhower or Ike or whatever we're calling them these days is so popular. I've got to go hard against them. Uh, I've really got to hit everybody. And the best way that I know to do that, because it's super cutting edge still, is television ads. And so we kind of skip past the songs. Well, they're still there. And we skip past the newspapers, and they're still there, of course, too. But TV is the dominant way for each of them to campaign at this point. Yeah, and the Stevenson campaign is all about going after Eisenhower's health and his age. He's 66 at the time. He's had those health issues that we mentioned earlier. But Eisenhower really turns the tables on the whole TV thing and uses the media to reach people across the country and being like, hey, look, here I am. I'm amazing. Vote for me again, and you're going to have another awesome four years. Yeah, absolutely. And along with that, um, Stevenson decides, well, we, you know, people are always driven by things about the government and things about money, and we hate communism. So Stevenson actually proposes that there's going to be some significant increases coming for social programs, which a lot of people are still into, of course. Um, they want to get some treaties going with the Soviet Union, which treaties aren't usually a bad thing when there's war impending. And he wants to lower the spending in the military and the nuclear programs, which everybody's pretty much in favor of because nobody's really forgotten um, Japan and all of this. And Eisenhower's like, no, that's all that stuff you just said is stupid. Right. So Eisenhower is like, Okay, listen, the Soviet Union, they are a threat. They are taking over countries. They're, they're essentially funding uh, communist uprisings in Hungary. Um, we need to do something about that. Now, the Soviets did take over Hungary. So Eisenhower has a couple of feathers in his cap because of what he was able to accomplish in his first term. The first was that... He saw or oversaw the defeat of um, forces that were moving into the Suez Canal. So he allied with the Israelis, the British, and the French to invade Egypt to topple the government and to make 
that area, uh, not controlled by the Soviet Union. And then also the issue of Brown versus the Board of Education. Now, if you remember in civil rights history, this is very important because this was the issue that ended legal segregation in the public schools. Eisenhower is like, yes, do away with segregation. It's wrong. He gets the support of nearly 40% of African-American voters. And he's actually the last Republican candidate to receive that kind of overwhelming support in the African-American community. So Eisenhower is just going through the polls like a madman. He's leading them by insane margins. And then, um, well, we'll just go ahead and spill it. On election day, Eisenhower gets 57% of the popular vote. And what was it? Last time he got like 37 or 39 of the 48 states. This time he gets 41 of the of the votes. So, man, Stevenson's like only running on six states, seven states. Not great. <laughs> right. So the lesson here is if you lose an election, don't run against the same guy. <laughs> That's a really good lesson. That's a good takeaway, Jason. I, I like that. <laughs> So uh, that's about it for 1956. I mean, we've got a popular president who wins an overwhelming majority of the states. Everybody seems to be happy. It's the 50s. We've got Leave It to Beaver and a bunch of other awesome programs going on in television. I'm sure somebody's going to correct me on <laughs> when Leave It to Beaver aired, but uh, feel free to interact with us on Twitter to um, maybe offer a correction. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at Election College. Yeah, and make sure to go ahead and if you enjoy the show, head over to iTunes and leave us a review. We'd really appreciate a star rating and a review. It shouldn't take you long, maybe 30 to 60 seconds. And it means a lot to us personally, which, I mean, that should be enough reason for you in general. But if you like the show, you also want to let other people know. And it's really great when they can see a bunch of people saying great things about us. Um, not about us, about the show, which is us. And if you would like to support the podcast, you can visit our Amazon affiliate link by going to electioncollege.com slash Amazon, where you won't pay anything extra, but you will help support the podcast anytime you shop. Thanks, everybody. We appreciate your support, and we look forward to talking to you next week. We'll see you later. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.